in today's show. We're recapping all of the action from a very busy Monday. Nine games on Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on the ones that you want to keep. Thank you also. For making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day, we are free and available on all platforms. We've got nine games to cover today, so I'm not going to muck around. We're going to hit straight into the news and a couple of things just to touch on here. Chicago's next two games are postponed because a bunch of their players are in the COVID protocols, including Zach Levine, um, Elise Johnson moved in there. We're going to have guys come out of it soon, like uh, Javante Green and Kobe White and DeMar DeRozan, and they should be ready to go for the weekend, but the Bulls obviously being hit by a breakout, and they have canceled those two games or postponed those two games against the Pistons and against the Raptors. Pretty rough if you started any of these blokes in a weekly league. Hopefully, you got the news before the lineups are locked, and you're able to make those adjustments based on those absences of those players for those three affected teams, but the Bulls are going to be out. Uh, we're going to, they're going to not play the, those two games this week. Um, some more news for the Raptors. The Jedi, OG Ananobi. But what about Scarves? OG. Stop OG. Uh, you better stop OG. Um, him and the big tree, Ken Birch, they're both out for the foreseeable future. I don't know if this foreseeable future is the same as Dr. Michael Malone's foreseeable future that led to Michael Porter Jr.'s back surgery. These guys obviously have different injuries. Ananobi with a hip issue and Birch with a knee issue. But you've got to think that rules them out this week and probably next week. Birches are obviously not a fantasy asset. I am still holding Ananobi. I just, I'd like more clarity on it. And you don't really just drop top 40 sort of players um, who could be back in 10 days. I know it's been a long time and it's frustrating and it'd be great to get information. It'd be the same to me as dropping Ja Morant and you're not going to drop, you're not dropping Ja Morant really because we don't know that situation. Although I'd be probably more likely to drop Ja because I feel like he's going to be a longer term injury, but who knows? Who knows which one of these guys is going to be back first, uh, the frustration that is injury reporting in the NBA. I'll talk about that a little bit more today as well. Let's look at the top ads now over the last 24 hours. Larry Nance up 40%. Didn't work out particularly well for Sunday's game, but I still think it was the right move. He got into really early foul trouble. We're going to get a big indication of if that is the right move on Tuesday. Hopefully, he doesn't get into foul trouble and we see him push to 28, 29 minutes. So he is worth an add and a hold. Jay Crowder that's and, and Cam Johnson, they're likely streams just for today. While the wiki, Chris Boucher, he is a really solid ad. This, this is not a long-term thing. Remember, no Birch, no Ananobi, and no Achua. And that has helped Boucher get minutes. This is a bloke who was going to be a DNP CD, most likely, before all these injuries took hold. So you have him, you hold him, and then when at least one of those guys, but you know, definitely two of those guys come back, you move on. It's really hard for him to continue to have 12-team value. Um, Armani Brooks, the designer, he was added today, um, had a calf issue, didn't play particularly well. His value will just evaporate completely 
when either Green or Porter are back. Hassan Whiteside, people overreacting there. You don't need to add him in that many leagues. Kyle Anderson, I guess that was with people assuming that both um, Jaron Jackson and Steven Adams wouldn't play. They both did play, so Kyle Anderson can get dropped. The Duck, Luke Kennard, good value for him with Batum and Paul George out, worth at least a short-term hold. And then Anthony Simons, a uh, up 12% in his uh, added numbers. He is worth having for now until CJ McCollum returns, if CJ McCollum returns, if we ever get a time frame on that one as well. It'd be great if we could hear that. Let's look at the top drops now over the last 24 hours. Um, Dennis Smith Jr., pretty clear drop there in Portland. Played like five minutes with Simon's back and Lillard back. Never going to get that chance. He's a drop. Dougie McDermott um, down 27%. No problem. That was likely after the five-game week that the Spurs had. Same with Lonnie Walker. Hello. He's down 16%. Um, I'm not really sure. Actually, on Lonnie Walker, I think he can still remain a streamer, but it's only honestly for deeper leagues. He doesn't really have any of that 12-team value because he's just a scorer and not much else. And the same sort of goes for McDermott. You should be viewing those guys um, very, very similarly. In terms of the next bloke on this list, and I'm just grabbing that out, it is uh, Herbalife Jones. I don't know why he's been dropped that much. I, unlike others, don't think that he's a guaranteed 100% must-roster guy, but he did have two steals and two blocks last game, and Zion's not coming back anytime soon. So if he did add him, I'm assuming it was for defensive stats and not for you know, 16 points per game. So that's weird to me. Malik Monk down 10%, absolutely drop. Uh, the disease scrotum, Evan Fournier, drop. Sadiq Bay, the depressed penis, see you later. And then Darius Baisley, who is a points league hold, but not really a 12-team um, category league player, I wouldn't have thought. That takes me on to tell you about um, Trivial because we all know that we've got subscriptions. Some of them just all over the place. We've got subscriptions we don't even know about. And then you see them and sometimes you don't see the recurring charges. It can be a real hassle. It's five bucks here. It's 10 bucks there. That stuff adds up. It feels like a great deal at the time, but if you lose track, it's very hard to keep it under control. So Trivial is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, you don't want, or that you simply forgot about. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill is here to make it incredibly easy. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. First game. Don't forget, guys. Um to drop today's, or drop a Watfo for tomorrow's show in the comments. Drop that down below, and we'll get to that tomorrow. Um, first game is the Toronto Raptors beating the Wobegon Sacramento Kings. And Wobegon means shithouse. 124 Toronto, 101 Sacramento. This game was over in the second quarter, pretty much. Um, one thing that's been a positive from Alvin Gentry being the coach is that they've just given the ball to De'Aaron Fox every time. 29 points, three assists, two steals. 31 usage, I'm not saying he played well, because he didn't, but he has really started to step up now. 40 fantasy points here. He's 20 or 37th over the last two weeks, getting back to what we hoped he would be, but it's coming at the expense of Torres Halliburton, who played only 22 minutes. Three points on two shots. He had a steal, he had two blocks, he had four assists, but his usage has just plummeted. Under 6% usage is embarrassing. Like It needs to be higher than that. Davion Mitchell played 26 minutes. He had six assists and two threes. He's providing stream value for 12-10 leagues. 
I, I can't help but think there is going to be something happen with this squad. Whether that is Fox getting traded, whether it is Halliburton getting traded, whether it's Barnes or Heald or Bagley or something. Something's going to change. And I think there might be a spot this year where Mitchell does play 30. And that would make him interesting. Bud Heald was on the buy low show today. So he had 14 points with four threes. Only shot 39%, but a little bit better. While Marvin Bagley came off the bench because Alvin Gentry told you he's not a good coach. He's not a good coach. Not saying that Bagley should start, but the constant shuffling of blokes makes no sense. Bagley, this is a very Bagley game. It's 12 and 11. So you start out looking at the box, go 12, 11, double, double, man. That's good. Zero assists, zero steals, 42% shooting and 50 from the line. Just shit house everywhere else. Points leagues, 12 team. If you want to take a crack, no worries. If you're in a category league, I just don't see it. He's not a good category league player. Um, Jack Armstrong, I know this was in Toronto. So what do you reckon about Terrence Davis? Get that garbage out of here! We talked about this, I think, on the weekend with Dan Besbris when I spoke with him. And we said, yeah, look, take the flyer on Terrence Davis. He had a couple of big scoring games in a row. We don't know what's going to happen when Barnes is back. But he's also not the sort of player that if he has a couple of stinkers, that his upside is that high that you have to hold through everything. He's on the bench. He was the ninth player used today. He played 17 minutes for five points. He's not that good. If we knew he was getting 30 minutes a night, he would be a 12-team league hold. But we don't know that. And we don't, I don't look at it and go, man, at some point, Gentry has to figure it out and he has to play Davis 30 minutes a night because he's not that player. He's not that good. And if you're not getting these minutes, you drop him, you move on. They added Chemezi Metu into the starting lineup. He had four points in 22 minutes. Cool. While um, Alex Len had 12 and eight in 22 because Rashawn Holmes was out. Uh, the pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. He was on the buy low show. Didn't get a buy low bump. In fact, he was shocking. Three points on 11% shooting. Since returning from his injury, he's been bad. Now, we did know that the level of production he was putting up um, earlier in the season had no chance of sustaining. Top 20 guy for a big stretch. It was never going to stick, right? But this is also on the flip side of that, very much at the other end. And he's going to be, you would think, is going to be better than this. On to the Raptors. Scotland Barnes. Massive game from the other Barnsey. 32 minutes, 16 points. Four rebounds, two assists, and then added four blocks. Outside of the four blocks, everything else wasn't elite. Like 39 fantasy points is fine. The five blocks is great, but 43 from the field, 75 from the line, um, one of two from three. Like it's a good game. But what I said on the Sell High Show stands for Barnes. And people, again, continue to misrepresent it or misunderstand what I'm saying. Scotty Barnes is now, even after today's game, he was 22nd in uh, over the last two weeks before today's game. He's now 24th, right? It is an impossibly high standard to expect him to keep, especially when Ananobi, Birch, and Achua all come back. He's not going to be, uh, he's averaging two blocks per game. And that's gone up a little bit now. But prior to that, he was averaging 1.2. He averaged 1.1 in college. It's very hard to average two blocks per game. And the minutes at 39, it's very hard to keep them up. And this is what I was trying to say with him. It's like, yeah, he's a stud, man. You ride it out. Yeah, of course. You Kids, cover him. I'm probably going to get animated here. Like, fucking of course you do. Like, if you can ride it out, you can. But if someone... And I had this argument with someone on Twitter, and that's where stuff gets twisted. They went, now, I disagree with you. He, he's not a sell high, mate. What he's doing, he could actually get better. And I said, okay, so you would... You value him as a top 20 player then, because he's 22nd now. You think he's going to be um, better than a top 20 guy moving forward. Oh, no, no, I don't think that. Maybe top 35. So in other words, yes, he is a sell high. But people throw things around like, no, he's going to get better. He'll maintain this. Oh, do you think he'll maintain this? No, he'll actually get worse. Well, that's exactly what a sell high is. And finding those people and trying to execute that trade 
is a very interesting... You might not get it. You might not get anyone willing to give you a top 50 player for Scotty Barnes and you just don't do it. You just hold him and go, I love what I'm seeing and it will fall off later, probably, but who cares? But you've got to inquire about it. A sell high is not a must sell. It's a, I sell high at this peak level and see what I can get out of it. Rant over. Boucher. Only 22 minutes for Boucher. So that again, that worries me for when these guys come back. 17 and 5 with a block on 70%. Well, and he got the assist on the pregame show we talked about is my Yahoo best bets that this bloke never gets assists and his assist line was 0.5 assists. He got it. He got the single assists. Siakam had 16, 8, and 4 with a steal and a block. While Van Vliet only 22 and uh, 26 minutes for 12 points. Two steals and five assists. While Gaz Trent, really low usage game here for Gaz, under 17%. He did have three steals and four assists, but again, this was just such a blowout that it is hard to read significant amounts into it because Justin Champagne played 25 minutes. So that's how you know how much of a uh, gigantic ass-kicking this game ended up as. The next one, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Sorry, the very, very good Cleveland Cavaliers um, had a big win over the Miami Heat. They've been great. Like they are continuing to play at a really, really high level. And it's super impressive. Never thought that I'd see this from them this season. No chance. They win 105-94. PJ Tucker went ballistic, really. 23-9, and nine, five assists, five triples. That's cool, Peach, but cool. 41 fantasy points, also cool. If you want to stream him in 12-team leagues, knock yourself out. I wouldn't prioritize it. I know he's top 100 over the last two weeks. Right, but we see this from him time and time again. That he has his little stretch, then he falls way off. And it is helpful that Butler is out. So maybe you can have a crack there. But I think they don't play again until Wednesday. And that's 11 games on. So it's not really going to work out. Gabe Vincent started for Jim. 10 points, 4 assists there. Yeah, some streaming value. Well, Tyler Hero, disappointing. Only 25 minutes. Did suffer a thigh bruise. So we'll see how that pulls up. But that's why he was so bad. No excuses for Duncan Robinson. 6 points in 32 minutes. Um, he's still rostered in 70 plus percent of leagues. Yeah, what are you doing? Like, why are you holding him? What's going on? You guys feeling all right? Get rid of him. Six points, 32 minutes. The Undertaker, Dwayne Dedman, last game played a ton of minutes. This game against a big lineup did not. 10 and 5 in 23 minutes. I don't think he's worth holding. He will have games where if you drop him, you'll go, why did I listen to that Aussie dickhead? Like, you'll think that, right? I'll think that because I picked him up and I dropped him. But overall, like, he's just, he's going to be your worst player or second worst player. And in the end, don't get your dick in and not thinking about dropping that guy. Like, it doesn't matter. I don't think. I don't think he's going to go, wow, I'm going to all of a sudden drop a top 70 run here while Deadman is out. Oh, not Deadman, while Bam is out. I just don't think that's possible. Well, it's possible. I don't think it's likely. 22 points for Lowry with five assists in 38 minutes. For the Cavs, whew, Kevin Love, 24 minutes, 23 points, nine rebounds, 60% shooting, continues to play at an astonishing level. This bloke is somehow the 52nd ranked player over the last two weeks in 19 minutes per game. Um, it's really staggering. I, I don't know how you can trust someone to play those few minutes and be that good. You, the answer is you can't. He should be on a 12-team league roster, but I, I don't trust this level. Jarrett Allen, another great night. 7-10 and 8. Didn't miss a shot from the field. Doesn't miss a shot from the line. His efficiency is through the absolute roof. Or Darius Garland had 16-4 and 5 with three steals. And... I think we have to talk about Isaac Okoro. Perhaps I was too harsh on him, saying he was one of the worst offensive starters in the NBA and one of the worst offensive players in the NBA. The last three games have been really good. 18-5-2, four triples. His shooting numbers are absolutely gigantic, though. I think he's at like 70% from two. He's hitting 40% from three over this last little stretch. It's not going to maintain at that level. 
But maybe he can be a 55% two-point guy, a 36% three-point shooter, average 14 points. I think he's worth investigating into a 14-team league scenario. I wouldn't do it in 12s yet. Evan Mobley, maybe a bit of a buy low. Nine points in 35 minutes, 27% shooting, only the five boards with two steals. Not a great night, but still 55th over the last two weeks. And Markkinen struggling. Um, oh, hi, Mark. 12 points in 32 minutes, two threes. 158th over the last two weeks, 111th for the season. In a 10-teamer, if you wanted to move on, not the end of the world. If you're in a 12-teamer, he probably is a hold, but it has been a bit of a struggle recently for Lowry Markkinen. It's not a struggle for me to tell you how good Stance socks are because they're great. Like Stance apparel just in general is awesome, but I love their socks. That's that's the thing that I'm really drawn to with Stance is getting those not only fantastic designs and branded collaborations, but the comfort that Stance socks brings me. I'm not a sock person at all. I hate socks. They feel so uncomfortable usually, but if I have to wear them, I'm in a situation where I've got to wear them, I've got to go straight to the drawer and pull out the old Stances because they are unbelievable. Founded in 2009, Stance apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic. New band name. Alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. You feel like being Batman? Stance has got socks to make you into Batman. Not, you know, conditions apply. Stance has got socks to make you feel like you're channeling Jimi Hendrix. They've got Marvel socks and Disney socks and Star Wars socks. Stance also believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. And those that feel good, do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your purchase and use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. To get the inside track. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone. So you can listen to your latest episodes of Locked On Fantasy Basketball and keep up with your favorite players and teams. The power of three unlimited data lines from 30 bucks a month per line. The copy here says 30 bucks, but it's got 30 with a dollar and then bucks after it. So maybe I should read it straight off. The power of three unlimited data lines for $30 bucks per month per line. So your family can share all of the insight and the power of one of America's largest 5G networks. So you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and that edge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? How powerful does that edging make you? That's a good question. Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save Boost Mobile. Free mo for a free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. Third game. Steph didn't break the record. Got pretty bloody close. One behind. That's going to happen tomorrow, most likely, against the New York Knickerbockers as he gets ready to uh, tie and then break Ray Allen's three-point uh, three-pointers made uh, record. We'll see um, how he does it and how excited it is. But it'll be good, I think, to get it out of the way for him and the team because it can be a uh, it can be an issue sometimes when that thing's sort of hovering over your head when you're waiting waiting for things like that to happen and it weighs on your ways. And at least he's only two away from breaking the record. So we'll uh, we'll get that happening early next game. They had a comeback win here. 26 points, 5 threes, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, a steal and a block for Steph. And Wigo had 15 and 5 with a steal and 3 blocks. Another solid night from Wiggins, who has been a little bit down lately. 
Draymond Green. And what an amazing night to see Draymond Green not get any steals or any blocks, but score 15 points on 70% shooting. So a real uh, switch around there for Dre. Well, Kevon Looney gets the game-winning bucket. Wow. 14-8 and eight in 27 minutes. One of his better games with a lot of minutes. He's obviously not a fantasy option, but when they need to go to him, they go to him. Otto Porter had 10-6, and six, probably doesn't play tomorrow. While it was a stinker from Jordan Poole, who only ended with eight points on nine shots, but we cut him some slack. He's 61st over the last two weeks. While the Dr. Gary Payton had a steal and a block, um, yeah, obviously he's only a, a deeper league sort of player. At this point in Damo Lee, dropped in three points in his 19 minutes. For the Pacers, Brogdon was great again. 23-6-8 with two steals. Sabonis was also great, 30-11. No assist is interesting for DeMontis. But 71% shooting, 6 of 10 from the line. He is the ninth-ranked player over the last two weeks. He's really, really stepped it up. I don't know what happens with his team. They are a weird team. And um, he's one of the players that's really weird right in the middle of it. Karis LeVert, 37 minutes, dribbled it basically off his foot to lose them the game at the end. 19 points on 39% shooting with five assists. He is a top 80 player over the last two weeks, and he needs to be on a roster. But we know he's had so many struggles. While well, Miles Turner, 6 points on 1 of 10 shooting. That is horrendous. But he had 10 boards and 4 blocks. He's doing what he needs to do on that end. Um, Chris Duarte. At this point, we're only holding Chris Duarte, maybe because someone gets traded. He's not playing well, is he? 159th for the season, 139th the last two weeks. Three points in 22 minutes here. Did have some foul trouble. But Justin Holiday is set to return. And I think you're only holding Duarte just in case a trade goes down. Because if this team just stays as it is, and then they welcome back Warren at some point, Duarte's going to not even sniff it. Not even sniff 12-team value, I don't think. 24 minutes, 25 minutes actually for O'Shea Brissett. Five steals is gigantic. He's really turning into a nice 16-team league guy, maybe a 14-team league guy. I think it's a little presumptuous to look at him as a 12-team league player, though, but they're not even playing Isaiah Jackson or Goga Badadze. We're seeing Brissett and Turner and Sabonis really take all of those front court minutes. The Bucks and the Celtics. The Celtics get a big win in this one, 117-103. I guess the worst or the bad news in this one is Chris Middleton with a knee injury. We don't know how serious it is. Budenholz is saying that they think they've avoided something too serious. I would assume that he misses at least their next game on Wednesday and probably the rest of the week. They said it was a hyperextension, which of course is not an injury. It's a mechanism of injury. We'll see what that means, whether there's a patella or a PCL or an MCL involved, or there's nothing, or there's a bone bruise or, or whatever there is. We don't know. Uh, I would imagine that he misses at least a game or two here. With him out, the priority add is Connaughton, followed by Grayson Allen, followed by George Hill, who rested in this game, and then followed by Rocket Rodney Hood, who has taken over from Jordan Wara coming in that bench unit. Allen played 32 minutes for 10 points with two threes, two steals, and a block. And this injury for Middleton, we saw Allen put up big numbers when Middleton was out earlier this year. So there is an opportunity here. Holiday had 20 points with eight assists and three steals, and Connaughton had 15 and nine with two threes. And the Pat Connaughton dream lives on. His value is going to stick while Middleton is out, I would appear. I would assume. The Bobby Porter situation continues. Um, I talked about him as a sell-high guy. I was worried the fact that he was still only getting 30 minutes a night despite no other center. Today, he played 27 only. And I said that his steals and blocks were sky high. He had zero steals and one block here. 43% shooting, 13-8. Like, it's totally fine. But top 50 player, he is not. So just be careful with him when you're valuing him in deals. For the Celtics, Tatum, 42.7 triples, five rebounds, four assists, three steals. 11th ranked player the last two weeks, top 25 for the season. It was a rough start to the year. We all know that. 
but he is um, putting together some nice numbers, and it was great to see Jalen Brown back. JB, you've done it again. He was on limited minutes. We had a bit of a scare when he went to the bench after knocking knees, but that's fine. 19, 4, and 5, two steals, a block, and three threes. Great stuff in limited minutes. I, I think we're officially in real worry mode with Rob Williams. Back, 22 minutes, that's under 25 for three straight. 10 and 7 with a steal and a block is not a bad number. Right, it's totally fine to hold him through that. But those 34 minutes he got at the start of the season, they look like one of the biggest teasers you'll ever see. Because at the moment, Grant Williams is outplaying him. Grant Williams actually outplayed Dennis Schroeder as well. 29 minutes for Grant, 17 and 7 with five threes. He is a top 190 player this year. He's a nice deeper league guy. But in terms of how he makes the team fit together, he works well with Horford. 17 and 7 is great. Schroeder went to the bench with Jalen back, played 25 minutes, 7 points, 2 rebounds, 2 assists, and a block. 20% shoot. Now, I know I said when Jalen comes back, there is a chance that Schroeder will become a droppable player and he's going to lose value. I am not dropping him after this, but this is the warning sign. This is the, oh, okay, um, he's not that good. He was getting a bulk value with bulk usage and bulk minutes because of absences. He's not, they don't need him to do that anymore. Let's wait and see. Don't be surprised if he continues to not close games and they use Josh Richardson or they use Grant Williams there. And don't be surprised if he does become a droppable player. Hold, but don't be surprised. Al Horford had 10 and 5 with two blocks and Smart had a putrid two points on six, 17%, but he did have 11 assists. So that's uh, that's solid enough. Smart, you know, he's been up and down, mostly down, but up and down. This season, what about the next game? The Houston Rockets score 44 points in the fourth quarter to come back and beat the Atlanta Hawks 132-126. Should we do it? Should we talk about him? Let's do it. The delicate dancer, Alperen Shengun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. 25 minutes for Shengun, 11 and 6, 4 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks. Just 40% shooting. In the last two weeks, he's 116th in 18 minutes. He closed over Christian Wood. He played a couple of minutes with Christian Wood. We saw Jay Sean Tate, the wild thing. Minutes reduced again. We've said this with Shingoon all the time, is it? Yeah, we, we know the talent's there. How does he get the minutes? How does the coach do it? Is it only going to come behind Wood? Can they play together? You have faith in the talent, and you realize at some point it is going to figure itself out. And I reckon it's figuring itself out. If he's on your wire, I grab him and I see what happens. If he plays 14 minutes next game behind um, Christian Woods 32, then I go, oh, well, like, or 34. I go, oh, 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 that's shit, right? It's annoying. But every time he's out there, he does something good and he plays well and they look better. And even the blindest dickhead in the world is going to realize that eventually because someone's going to have to tell him over and over and over, even if he can't see it himself. And that's where we sit with Shengun. As for the crucifix, 12 and 5 in 25 minutes. Rough night for him, don't worry there. Well, the designer Armani Brooks, 6 points in 22 minutes. And Gary Bird, Garrison Matthews had 5 points in 27 minutes. So what I'm talking about with those two blokes ad nauseum as well is they're not that good. Is that when Porter and when Green come back, they are doing the thing that I talked about in the sell high buy low video. Is they are turning increased opportunity, marrying that with increased efficiency at the perfect time that makes them look like world beaters. And then they might do the Tyrese Maxis. When they lose the opportunity, they lose the efficiency, and it all turns to shit. Luckily, we got a bit of an example today. Is they had the opportunity, but the efficiency and the production actually dropped off, and they looked terrible. So they are not going to be 
12-team league guys as we move forward. There's just no way. There is zero chance in the world that Jalen Green is playing a 20-minute-a-night bench role so Garrison Matthews and Amani Brooks can play over him. It is just not happening. Eric Gordon was awesome. 32 points, 5 triples, 32 minutes. He's absolutely worth a short-term stream. And then DJ Augustin went, went off as well. 22 points on 78%. But he's a bloke that literally might be out of the rotation when other players come back. As for the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate, 15 points. Look, the line's great. 15 points, 4 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks. Awesome. The 24 minutes is what worries you. And after that little explosion, he's been pretty bad. I am absolutely still holding. But I'm monitoring it. I want to see where it goes. Um... The Hawks, Trey Young, 41, 9 assists. That's sick. 64% shooting. Sheesh. 8 of 9 from the line. Sheesh. That's great. Clint Capella, 12 and 16. One steal, two blocks. First time he's ever played against Houston after being traded what feels like 25 years ago. That's his first game against them. Great stuff. John Collins, not great. Foul trouble, 14 and 7. Yeah, still doing okay. Luau Cabrera continues to start, but with Cam Reddish back, his value did dip uh, eight points in 21, while Kevin Herter, old fan of pants. Five assists is nice, but five points on 10 shots is dreadful. I am still holding Herter, who is a top 65 player over the last two weeks, while Cam Reddish had 12 points, two steals, and a block. He's more of a 14-team league stream, I reckon, Reddish, versus a 12-team league player. The next game was... Uh, is there a game where I think there's less to say than this one? Probably not, in terms of actual fantasy value. But what I will say is that the NBA needs to fix some shit about injury reporting. It is ludicrous that as the game is tipping off, getting ready to tip off, we hear that Joel Embiid is out. And this isn't something that he tweaked in warm-ups. This isn't something where they were testing it up into the game. He was not on the injury report at all. This deserves a fine. Joel Embiid hurt his rib the last time the Sixers played. We saw it. He went to the locker room. They talked about it. He talked about it after the game. Not listed on injury reports. Mentioned in the starting lineup... One minute before the game, he's pulled out. Oh, he actually can't go because of rib soreness. Kids, it's, I'm telling you now, cover him real, like, really hard. It's a fucking joke. You fucking idiots. You can easily... Like, just put him on the injury report. There's got to be some sort of cutoff. Like, 30 minutes before, there's your lineups. You shouldn't be able to change that. I don't care if he can't go. Put a, put a singlet on. Go out there. Stand for the jump ball and then get pulled out. It is ridiculous that you are making that decision 20 seconds before the game. Or if you're not making the decision 20 seconds before the game, you're fucking lying the whole way through. And it needs to be fixed. Not just for fantasy, but for the fans anyway who are there. Or just general confusion across the entire league. It, it makes no sense that you can do that. So anyway, Andre Drummond started and was outplayed once again by a second-round 50th pick, Charles Bassey. Actually, might have been 54. Uh, Goldfinger had 13 and 10 with four blocks in 22 minutes, while Drummond had six and nine with three blocks in his 21. Bassey, I'm telling you, he, it's not going to be long before he is better than Drummond. I really like what he does. And absolutely tying in perfectly with the buy low, sell high show earlier today, Embiid was out. Guess what Tyrese Maxey did? He played well. Shot. Oh, fuck. What a shocker that is. 23 points with 7 assists on 53% shooting. It's like when he gets a larger roll, the shots go in more. Watch that one. Um, you obviously can't buy low after this, but that was good. Milton had 12 points in 30 minutes while Furkan Korkmaz started because Seth Curry was also out. Another bloke not on the injury report. At least we got that one half an hour before the game. Korkmaz had 10 points on 46%. While Toby Harris, the thick hogsman. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. Now, I don't want to um, associate basketball performance with girth because that's not how basketball performance works. But this is decidedly not a thick Hogsman sort of game. Really shocking. 
12 points in 25 minutes, just farting around on the court. He's been bad. He's a massive buy low, but he's not playing well at all. Well, the painter Matisse Thibel started over Dan Green again, got two steals, but that's fine. Uh, that's all he's going to be. Some defensive stats and Jack Shithouse. Don't worry about him as a must-roster player because he isn't. He's a guy that you can have, but in the end, like, what are we expecting from him? I don't know, man. Like, he's it's it's frustrating. Danny Green, scoreless in 17 minutes as the Sixers uh, got smashed. The Grizzlies, before the game, Jaron Jackson, Desmond Bain, and Stephen Adams were all game-time decisions. They all played. Jackson played 26 minutes for 22 points with two blocks. Awesome stuff. Bain maybe shouldn't have. Five points in 21 minutes. Adams maybe shouldn't have. Six points in 20 minutes. We're obviously holding Bain. I'm not holding Adams, clearly. While the wave pulled DeAnthony Melton, this is what he can do. It's why I like him. 15 points, two threes, four assists, two steals, one block, 20 minutes. But the 20 minutes is what worries me. And then when Jar Morant comes back, it's, he's not going to get enough. He's not going to get enough now. I don't think he's a must-hold player. Dylan Brooks went off early, especially. 23 points on 60%, mate. Frame that. It's just not going to happen that often. But he was really good here. And then Kyle Anderson, only 18 minutes with Jaron back. He had four steals. You can't rely on four steals. He's not a 12-team league player, as I touched on early. Johnny Conchar in a deeper league was great. 11 with three threes. And Tyus Jones had 13, four, and four. Filling in for Jar Morant. All right, let's do the next game. The Charlotte Hornets, another beatdown here at the hands of the Dallas Mavericks. They started with, um, well, Terry Rozier returned. So Kelly Oubre went to the bench, but Oubre ended up starting the second half over Cody Martin. 36 minutes for Oubre, 20 points, four triples. The sell high window is very much still open. We still have to get the return of LaMelo Ball and Mason Plumley, and to a lesser extent, Jalen McDaniels, who are always going to cut into what Oubre does. 20 points, four threes, good good game apart from the 40% three-point shooting. Haywood had 17, six, and six, and Rogier in his first game back dropped 20 points with two threes. Good games all around. While Cody Martin did Cody Martin things, 30 minutes, five points, but four assists and two steals. Now that's going to translate down to like 24 minutes a night. And he can be a fringe 12-team league guy, but he's probably better suited long-term to 14-team leagues. They started Nick Richards. He played three minutes and then was never seen again. It's like he turned into Jonathan Isaac or Rui Hachimura. P.J. Washington started the second half, 11 points in 28 minutes. For him, he is a rosterable guy. Well, it was a stinker from Miles Bridges, a real turd. Seven points on 18% with 10 boards, a steal, and a block. And Booknight couldn't maintain his good form, 13 points in 23 minutes. He's obviously just a stream option, and that's going to end real soon when Lamelo and uh, and Mason and Jalen and those guys are back. For the Mavericks, where's my button? There it is, giggity. Percentages. The buy low bump. Chris Stapps, 24 and 13 with five blocks. Let's go. No Luka Doncic. So uh, Brunson had 13, 2 and 8. Trey Burke had 22 points with six assists. Don't read into that too much, apart from if Doncic remains sidelined. Finney Smith, another good game. 15, 4 and 2 with three threes. He's a clear top 100 player over the last two weeks. That justifies a spot on a 12-team roster. Well, Timmy Hardaway even got into the mix. 19 points with five threes. Now, I'm less interested in Tim Hardaway in 12-team leagues, but he can provide that scoring punch. We wanted to check to see whether Moses Brown could replicate it, and he could not. Nine minutes, four points, six boards. Don't add him in 10s, 12s, 14s, 16s, maybe 20s. But Willie Cauley-Stein, again, another one of those weird personal absences. We hope everything's all right, much like we hope with Rui, everything's fine. Like, we don't, we just don't know. We don't know how long they're going to be out. It's been a very long time. We hope everything is okay there. But a uh, huge ass kicking. We've got big minutes from Muxy Kleber again. Yeah, shit though. Three and eight with three assists and a block. He's a stream option. He's not a 12-team league guy. As much as I want him to be, because I do like him as a player, 
he's too inconsistent to have as a 12-team league player. And uh, sorry for you know, saying that he could have been a 12-team league option, because he clearly isn't. Maybe he is later on in the future, but at this point, he clearly is not. Let's go on to the next game. The Washington Wizards, they were down really, really big in this game and fought back to narrowly lose to the Nuggets 113-107. What's this? Davis Bertans? Is he alive? 21 points, 31 minutes, 5 threes. I, I, I just can't bring myself to care. I'd like to see him do this when Kuzma's back and then when Hachimura's back, and I just don't think it's going to happen. It's good to see it. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, Bradley Beal, he continues to be really bad, honestly. 19 points in 39 minutes. He's not taking enough shots, 25 usage. He's not hitting enough shots. Doesn't hit from the free throw line. Doesn't hit threes. 10 assists is nice. He's 166 over the last two weeks. He's been shocking. For a first-round pick, to be outside the top 40 is embarrassing. And I don't know if it fixes itself. I'm not viewing him as a first-round guy. No way. KCP had 13 points with three threes, a steal, and a block on rough shooting. Well, Denny Avdia started with Kuzma out, but it was Bertans who got those minutes. And this Wizards team, who was so like happy about at the start of the year, they looked dreadful. They did get close here after Jokic got ejected, but it's still not good enough. Um, three steals and a block for Avdia is good. And he's got some deeper league stream ability. Dan Gafford got into some early foul trouble, had just 21 minutes for six and five, while Montrez Harrell continues to play poorly, eight and seven. Harrell's outside the top 200 over the last two weeks. You're not dropping him, but honestly, in an eight-team league, you are dropping him. In a 10-team league, I reckon, I reckon you are. He's not that good. Um, speaking of not that good, speaking of players outside the top 200 over the last two weeks, Speaking of new additions to this team, what's going on with Spencer Dinwiddie? Nine points, zero threes, zero steals, zero blocks, three assists. He's really, really bad. 10 team leagues, go, bye, see ya. I think that he came back too early from his ACL. Um, I don't think he fits at all in this squad. He is a better player than this. He's not that good of a player. His value was significantly overrated in the offseason from a category league fantasy perspective. I didn't have him in the top 110 or 120. I didn't think he'd be this bad, but his value gets overstated because he's not a good shooter. He doesn't get steals. He's a terrible rebounder. Um, and it's been much worse than even I anticipated here with Dinwiddie. I, oh shit. Look, it depends on who I'd add. I'd consider dropping in 12s. I probably won't, but I would consider it for sure. As for the Nuggets, Big Chungus, Nikola Jokic. Ejected in uh, 31 minutes after two texts. He just needs to calm down. I know he's hot-headed, but this shit is ridiculous. Like, you can't just keep getting ejected, my guy. You're the only hope this team has. 28-19-9, three steals and a block. That's awesome. Great from the line. Great from the field. Like, an amazing game, but can't keep getting ejected. Monty Morris had 22-6-5. He's very hot and cold, Monty, but for now, 12-team league guy. Jeff Green was solid enough as a 14-16 team. While Faku Campasso, eight points in 27 minutes with five assists with some of the best assists you'll ever see, including this wild over-his-head pass. It was crazy. And he had two steals as well. The assists and steals provides 12-team value for streaming. There was no fart in Will Barton, so Davon Reed started. He had two steals and missed all shots. We're not looking at him anywhere. While the big stiffy played just the 20 minutes for six points, don't worry about Highland in 12-team leagues. Maybe it gets to there later on, but we're nowhere near it at this point. While Aaron Gordon played through a sore back, 39 minutes, dropped windmill dunks. I reckon he's feeling all right. 
16 and 5 in 39 minutes, while Zeke Naji stepped up with four points, four rebounds in 19 minutes. And I say stepped up because Jermichael Green's ankle meant that he missed this game, and it looks like Jermichael's going to miss some time. Uh, Malone thinks it's pretty serious, and if we know one thing is that we definitely can't in this day and age disagree with doctors uh, under any circumstance. So Malone said that uh, Jermichael's out for a while. So deeper leagues, you're going to want to take a look at Zeke Naji to hopefully get a bit of a boost in value. So let's go to the last game of the night. <clears throat> the Clippers with a big win at home over the Phoenix Suns. 111-95 is your final score. No Devin Booker, no DeAndre Ayton, and then also no Jalen Smith for Phoenix. Um, so they were obviously undermanned. As long as Booker remains out, and I think he'll be out again tomorrow, Cameron Johnson's worth looking at. 34 minutes, 17 points, with six triples and three steals, and Bridges had 16 points, two steals there. JaVale started, double-doubled with 13 and 13. I don't know if Aiden or Smith will play tomorrow, but McGee's worth streaming in anyway with just the three games on. Chrissy Paul had nine points, eight assists and three steals, a rough shooting night for Paul. And Campaign played 29 minutes with all the absences, 12 points, four and four. He's worth having as a streamer for tomorrow as well. Jay Crowder was bad, as was Landry Shamet. And let's be fair, Landry Shamet's one of the worst fantasy players in the NBA. Six points in 25 minutes, shot 27%. He's one of the most overrated guys, I think, in the entire league. I am not a fan of Landry Shamet. Well, for the Clippers, Isaiah Hartenstein. He's like Alperen Sengun. Like 12 and 5, 7 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks. That's an astonishing line. He's made Serge Ibaka just like. Put him into early retirement, basically. Not really, but Barker came in. They tried the three-center thing, and they just said, no, you know what? Hartenstein's better. Hartenstein, I think, is maybe better than Zubats. I don't know about that, but in 14-team leagues, I don't take, mind taking a fly. Now, remember, there was no Batum or Paul George here, so everything's got to be taken with a grain of salt. Like, Luke Kennard played 34 minutes, had 16-9 and nine with three threes. That's really good. 17-9 and nine with Terrence Mann. That's really good as well, but is it useful enough when those guys return? Probably not. Same with Marcus Morris, who dropped in 24 and 11. That's really good. But I don't think that those guys are going to be able to maintain must-roster 12-team league status when George and Batum return. Zubats wasn't horrible. Eight points. He had five fouls. That limited him. Two steals, four blocks. Really good. He's worth holding in 12-team formats. While Bledsoe had 10 in 24, and uh, BJ Boston struggled his way through to zero points on 0 of 4 shooting. But it is hard, again, to make sweeping statements. With Zubats in foul trouble, with George out, with Batum out, you know, you got Hartenstein, Kennard, Mann, Morris all stepping up. No guarantee that happens every night. While Reggie Jackson had 19 points, um, didn't do much else. It's very Reggie Jackson-like of him. He also copped a lot of bumps and bruises and was limping quite a bit in this game. So maybe there's time off for him in the future. I don't know. Let's look at the lines of the night. We go to the Monstrous, and it is Nick Jokic, who he got ejected, but still put up the Monstrous. The waiver wire is PJ Tucker with some really big performances or really big performance in that game. It's not reliable enough. Um, young gun of the night, the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate, limited minutes, but stacked stacked up all those numbers for you and probably is a 12-team league hold while the dud of the night. We're going we're gonna to double sound drop it. Reckon we do. I tell a man's not hot. It's Harrison Barnes. He was shitful. He is a buy-low player, though. Let's look at the top 10 players today for nine category leagues. We are looking at number one, Jokic. Two was Trey Young. Three was Jason Tatum. Four, PJ Tucker, amazingly. Five was Steph. Six was Porzingis. Seven, Kevin Love. Eight, Eric Gordon. Wow, what an old-time throwback that is. Number nine, Jalen Brown. And number 10, Jarrett Allen. The guys who are available in 50% of leagues... PJ Tucker, 14-team streamer. Trey Burke, yeah, as long as Doncic is out, you can try him in deepers. 
Uh, Davis Bertans, don't buy it. DJ Augustin, don't buy it. Grant Williams, 14-team leagues, maybe buy it. Cam Johnson, yep, for now, 12-team, no worries. Hartenstein, 14 teams, no problem. Watanabe, just very deeper league ones. Uh, Goldfinger, Charlie Bassey, just watch to see whether um, Embiid is out. Then he becomes a nice deep league streamer. And Terrence Mann's that 14-team league player. Four points leagues, we're looking at um, number one was Jokic, then Tatum, Trey Young, Porzingis, Sabonis, Brogdon, Tucker, Steph Curry, Drew Holiday, and the Kerner, Clint Capella. That will do it for us today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Drop your comments down below. Drop your feedback down below if you are here on YouTube. Give it a thumbs up, subscribe, and ring the notification bell. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. You sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.